Get ready for conflicts where movie reviews collide. everybody and welcome to conflicts the podcast today we will be covering the movie animal house this movie follows the antics of the notoriously raunchy rowdy party fraternity delta tau chai is it chai or chai i never went to college i don't know things is it like the t it's c-h-i oh then let's say chai because i like cool Delta Tau Chai as they fight for their right to party after being put on double secret probation by the uptight Dean. This movie was released. Hey, you know what? Before I go into the movie, I should probably tell people who we are. Who are we? I don't know most of the time. Who are you, Rich? It's a good question. I'm going to smoke a Wonder Joy and think about it. (laughs) Wrong movie. like everybody to know that we are absolutely sober right now i mean entirely we have beer (laughs) (laughs) how about you nick who are you you just said who i am (laughs) i meant existentially dear god get what i'm laying down oh should we start this over or should we leave this no roll with it (laughs) okay hey everybody welcome to the shit show (laughs) it's a goofy movie let's have a goofy podcast (laughs) and i am your moderator laura they will also call me lulu i answer to both you can call me whatever you want so long as it's not a bitch (laughs) is that a mom joke (laughs) oh sorry i had something hey that was part of the movie they were doing the cough gag (laughs) you finally got on the right movie (laughs) okay This movie was released September 21st, 1978, is directed by John Landis, stars Tim Matheson, Peter Rygart, Rygart, John Belushi, Karen Allen, and so many more. A couple of fun facts about this movie. This is Kevin Bacon's first First movie. movie. Very first movie. Also on the note of first, this spawned a short-lived TV show called Delta House that featured the television debut of one Michelle Pfeiffer. It did. Huh. I did not know that. And this was shot at the University of Oregon, and it was the only university that would let them film on their campus. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) If you haven't noticed, listeners, this is a theme we're going with since school has started again. We're watching going back to school movies. It's true. It's true. Shazam. (laughs) (laughs) Exclamation point. Shazam! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for your ears. All right, let's dive in. And since we're back to school, talk about grades for this movie. Nick, how do you grade this movie and give us a short statement to justify that rating? Shit, I forgot what I gave this movie. (laughs) I would like everyone to know we watched this movie last night together. Thank you for stalling. And somehow, in the 12 hours since we've watched this movie, he's forgotten everything. (laughs) I gave, well, we've done two others besides this, so... uh, I gave this movie a C. 
A C. Mm-hmm. It's an average grade. Which is better than the character's grade point average. <laughs> the 0. 0.2. <laughs> and the 0. 0.0. <laughs> That drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, son. <laughs> or is it? Uh, I gave this movie a C because I hadn't seen it in a really long time. Like, I kind of forgot everything besides <laughs> the iconic moments mm-hmm. in that movie. And it didn't age well at all. <laughs> Especially because, like, I, this movie came out way before I was born. Like, because mm-hmm, you're in a the child. Seven, yeah, in the 70s. Fun fact, though, my parents went on a date to this movie. That's that's adorable. Can you feel the love tonight in the animal house? (laughs) Nick is really uncomfortable because Nick, uh, because Rich is stop singing to me. My God, Rich was looking longingly into (laughs) Nick's eyes as singing. I'm just thinking like your parents are probably shagging to this movie. I'm just saying. Ew! (laughs) Nobody's parents ever have sex ever. That's grody. Back to Animal House, Rich. How did you grade this movie and give us a brief justification as to why? I give this a C minus. I agree that this didn't age well, but I think it deserves a fair amount of credit. I mean, because really, without this sequel to Van Wilder, which is just the sequel to Deadpool, we wouldn't have many (laughs) of the good movies that followed along the way. Can you give it a higher grade? This is the second one we were close to. No, facts are facts. Can you get better at this? (laughs) Oh, jerk. (laughs) (sighs) So okay. I'm going to say something about this movie. Okay, you say it, Nick. You say it like you mean it. Uh, <laughs> the one thing that I like about this movie is this helped jumpstart a lot of careers because mm-hmm. uh, this was out during the early stages of SNL and Lampoons, which was a magazine, a comedy magazine yeah. back in the day, uh, helped bring John Belushi a bigger name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helped Harold Ramis, who wrote it, Uh, helped jump his career, which helped spark Bill Murray. So without this movie, even though it it didn't age well... It was a snowball effect. It definitely was a snowball effect, and we wouldn't have the hysterical, legendary John Belushi without it, I don't think. I'm going to add one to that. Without this movie, you don't have the Blues Brothers. True, yeah. Because Mm -hmm. um, John Belushi, went. uh, he loved going to nightclubs. It turns out he was a bit of a partier. Really? I didn't know. Yeah, I know. uh, Shock. (laughs) Uh, but he was fascinated by a mu- musician uh, named Curtis Salgado. I believe that's how you say it. Uh, Salgado's sunglasses, his heart playing, and the love of the blues mm-hmm. is what inspired him to write the Blues Brothers. And he found that guy while partying, watch, er, filming this movie. Blues yeah. Brothers, one of my dad's favorite Would movies. you say that Blues Brothers helped kickstart uh, Dan, Aykroyd? Dan Aykroyd's career? I um, think he was already a little bit of a presence. Because he was in SNL, too. Yeah, he it's was. what broke him into movies. Yeah. Definitely. Wasn't he, too? Wasn't he one of the wild and crazy guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that was... Um, that was Martin and who? The Chris Kattan. Oh, the... Chris Kattan, no. Chris Kattan, sorry. Two that, wild um, and crazy guys. No, that was Steve Martin and who were the I was thinking it was Dan Aykroyd. Aykroyd. I just added a syllable to his mm-hmm. last name. He makes, like, alcohol or something yeah. now. He's a really Crystal cool guy. Crystal Skull Vodka. It, it, definitely made it, it definitely jumped him into the movies, which, interestingly enough, this is what jumped Belushi into movies, because this was his first feature film. Mm-hmm. He was... It, it, yeah, you're right. Okay, it's Dan Aykroyd. Yay, me! I know things. Mm-hmm. He was such a talented guy. Mm-hmm. On the long list of Gone Too Soon. Very much so. Yeah. And then he launched his brother's career. You know, he's got Jim Belushi, because he had John Belushi in. Yeah. What we, were you going to say before I interrupt? We just need more Belushi. Yeah. What the world needs now is more Belushi. That doesn't rhyme. I was trying to make it rhyme in my head, and it didn't work. Hmm. 
All right, so we got a C and a C minus. Nick, why the minus? I didn't give it a C minus. Oh shit! Did I get that backwards? I even have it written down, guys. Rich. Yes. Why the minus? Okay, it's hard for me to go back and watch all these movies because mm-hmm. the movie making style is just difficult for me to watch. The, the things just happen for no reason, and everybody accepts it because that was the style at the time, and it just pulls me out of everything. I'm like, well, wait, wait a minute, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Uh, you know, why is it okay for everybody to randomly smash up every damn vehicle in the movie? Very true. I mean, Very on, cartoon-esque. That, that Continental is amazing, and they just did it, and it's like, oh, hey, whatever. And then they did it again, and again, and again. So I know that we agreed close on the rating on that, but I'm going to say something to both you guys about how you're saying you didn't like the filmmaking style. I kind of enjoyed how it didn't make sense, because it didn't need to. Like because, you enjoyed the absurdity a little bit? Yes, because mm-hmm. it was a National Lampoon's movie. Mm. You said cartoony. That was a comic was, strip. It was the first National Lampoon's yes. movie, correct? Yeah. And mm-hmm. also, it was guerrilla filmmaking at that time. So I enjoyed that. And I still like movies today that are sort of indie. And well, and there, there, are, there is still a certain style of creation today that... that lives in that pseudo absurd world of Mm -hmm. you know we know it's absurd but that's why it's funny yeah i don't even necessarily mean the absurdity of the actions but just the way that that things happen and you're like well that's not i mean you don't ram a car into a podium full of people and everybody is just fine Uh, (laughs) you know i'm like you're like you would just straight up be murdering people at this point in time Uh, you know there's a certain part of that where you you, it's difficult for me to to watch that, and there's no there's no backstory giving to any, given to anybody. You don't get, you know you don't understand any of this. Well, and it it sort of <clears throat> excuse me follows under the same style. And there's a name for it, but I can't think of it. It's the same category that John Waters is in. Uh, so if you watch mm, any of his mm-hmm. movies, like none of it makes sense. Note to self: Don't watch any John Waters. No, movies. dude, great. I love John they're Waters great. movies, uh, and they're very Cry absurd. Baby. They're crude. They're rude. I mean, it's divine. Yeah, that I was mean, a joke about Pink divine. Flamingos came out in the seventies. NC seventeen, mm-hmm. grotesque movie, and it's filmed guerrilla style, but it was a great movie. It's very mm-hmm. very gross. I'm not recommending that to anybody so just but, for the audience reference that gorilla style is when they don't have enough money so they hire gorillas to do a lot of the work right <laughs> oh god with the tad jokes <laughs> we're dying we're dying uh, so anyway uh laura what do you think of this movie yeah. <laughs> it's enough out of uh <laughs> Nick, Nick, that's like, enough out of, that's enough out of the peanut there. gallery over there <laughs> what's going like, on you, he's like you suck as moderator let me show you how it's done he just moderator explained to you how to move the podcast along. <laughs> moderator explained. Oh, I am not going to shake things up at all. I actually gave this movie a C. Damn, we suck at conflicts. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, this movie is a product of its time. Mm-hmm. Both 1962 when it was set and 1978 when it was made. It suffers greatly from the passage of time, and a lot of it does not hold up well. But that being said, as far as raunchy college boy movies go, this could be a lot worse. Yeah, other than the fact that they waste a lot of good alcohol. 
Like that so is that was the hardest part for me to believe. I'm like college people didn't waste alcohol. You were also broke. alcohol must have been way cheaper back mm-hmm. then. You may remember that we recently covered Revenge of the Nerds, and given the choice, I would rather the, watch this movie on repeat for the rest of my life than have to watch Revenge of the Nerds ever again. Damn, because it's like a lot less rapey. <laughs> the difference between the two <laughs> is that in Animal House, care was taken with the writing and storytelling. They took the time and the effort to create a world of characters that you, the audience, can become invested in and actually care about. And once you care about a character and their world, you want to go on a journey with them. I wanted to know what became of these characters. I liked the bit at the end that gives you a glimpse of what happened to them after the movie was over because I cared. That's what quality storytelling does for you. And this movie, despite all its flaws, possesses quality storytelling. Revenge of the Nerds cannot say the same and if, if you wanted to you can go on and watch the uh what is it 30 years later they call it where mm-hmm. they they do an even later follow-up as to you know what has happened all the the, the casting characters where yeah. landis actually goes around and interviews the actors most of them in character because obviously we lost a couple of them along the way yeah, yeah. and they kind of give where their character is now it's a fun little uh little throwback that was done i mean this movie did help launch several it careers did. Like, i mean hello kevin bacon yeah, I mean, and uh, who was the main guy? Like Tim Matheson. Tim Matheson. Yeah, I mean, that launched his career. That's why mm-hmm. I made the Van Wilder joke because he's the father of. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, he is. Yeah, he's yeah. been. He's he's definitely in the uh, the quote unquote that guy category. Yeah. Like I'm sure some people listening are like, I don't know who Tim Matheson is, but then they're gonna Google him and see his picture and be like, Oh my God, it's that guy. Yeah. yeah. He's done a lot of work and he's been in a lot of things. I think he's very talented. Yeah. Some could say his talent is his best asset. I'm really reaching for a segue into the best of times and worst of times here, guys. <laughs> she was, she <laughs> I was, was really a, reaching. She was actually physically reaching, dude. Like she had I went, I had my like, arm up. I'm like, I'm reaching. Like I'm reaching. I'm like, do you need another beer? What is it you're <laughs> reaching for? I'm like, here. Jesus, <laughs> <come on. laughs> all right, let's all dig deep and find the best of this movie, the high point. The high note. Rich, for you, what's your best of times? Marion Ravenwood. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> it's an Indiana Jones reference, Nick. Karen Allen played Marion Ravenwood in Indiana Jones. Uh, you know, I like her character in this because uh, it, she kind of highlights the dipshittery. Mm-hmm. She's the one who's somewhat level-headed and calls it out numerous times, and she doesn't end up being the cardboard cutout female. You know, she. Oh, yeah, for sure. She has the, you know, she has reactions to this. She's independent. She's uh, free thinking. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it comes across as some extra drama at times. But I, I like her character in this. And uh, I like the fact that she went on to be Marion Ravenwood. So that's going to be my best easily. Yeah. How about you, Nick? Uh, so it's really not like a scene. It's more of just a setting mm-hmm. that's the best to me. And that's the house. You can the see the actual animal house. Yes, the, the the Delta House. Yes, the Delta House because you see it on the poster. You can see a still. It's very iconic. And of that house, and you're like, oh, I know where that. Even if you've probably never seen the movie, mm-hmm. you would still know what it is. Uh, as well as John Belushi, because that was even a poster with him mm-hmm. standing there when the alcohol spilled. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. that was in his college sweater. I actually think I had that poster at one point because I thought it. I loved John Belushi. Like I know he wasn't around for a long, you know, for that long. Yeah. But I loved SNL back in the day. Like I used oh, to have some boxes. Oh, vintage SNL sets. is mm-hmm. where it's at. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, kids, it used to be funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it did used to be funny. But I don't know. The, those two things was John Belushi and that house make that movie for me. Mm-hmm. The iconic status of mm-hmm. it. Hmm. All right. Rich, it is now. Oh, wait, no, I forgot myself. Yeah, your turn. Oh, yeah, it's me. For me, the she, best. She, <laughs> she, she was drinking that other beer what there. <laughs> is the best part of this movie Animal House for you? For me, it was actually the music. I really enjoyed the music and how it kind of became part of it, especially like when they're doing Shout. Like the music of the movie became part of the movie. Mm -hmm. The band is there. They're interacting with the music. And music is such a key part of movies and my life in general that I loved that part when, you know, Otis, whatever his name was. uh, You know, know, he actually renamed his band that and toured as that band. He renamed himself that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I loved the music in this movie. I'm also a sucker for like, oldies music 60s yeah, yeah. music like love it sock hop style mm-hmm. yeah all right now that i've had my own turn because i forgot myself let's go to the worst of times rich what's your low point um that's a tough one to choose i'm going to kind of pick a thing part of my problem was that they could never tell you who the main character of the movie was mm-hmm. you know through the first part of the movie it's the two dorky kids and then it kind of shifts to the two older guys and then some points it's john belushi and then it's like, wait a minute, who are we following mm-hmm. here? What, mm-hmm. what, what is happening? Who is this movie about? And I don't think they do a good enough job of making it seem collective, and and not you know they also but they also don't give you a person mm-hmm. or even a group of people to follow. You know, it's kind of all over the board. Gotcha. But How I think that's you? the point though of that movie. It's a, it's definitely a style choice. Yeah. Uh, for me. Yeah. How about you? Uh. I think the runtime's a little long. How long was it? it like an like hour it was... and 40, hour and 45. Like, it's pushing two hours. Huh. Uh, and for a movie like that, that's... Yeah. It's a... an hour and nine minutes. Shut up. Is no, it I'm really? seriously, I'm looking at it right now. It's an hour and nine minutes. Are you serious? No mm-hmm. way. It felt way longer. It felt way longer than that. Like, I totally seriously thought it was like an hour and 40. Hmm. No, you can double it and still not have Endgame. Huh. <laughs> Well, you wow. a lot of well I'm dumb because I didn't check the runtime. I just went off of like my internal. <laughs> you went off your internal clock. <laughs> internal clock. Your internal clock's not on daylight savings. Yeah, because it was, I don't know. I guess that would mean that I didn't like the, the timing of the movie. Like it was the weird. pace, the pace mm-hmm. of it. It was just, it was off. Apparently which it also, had a very slow pace for you and it, me. Yeah, because uh, I didn't feel like it was that short. Mine is obviously the sexism. It's the creepy part with the dead girl's roommate, the climbing the ladder to peep in the window, so on and so forth. It's, it uh, didn't age well. It's not great. Didn't love it. You know, I don't think that that is very realistic for him to be peeping through the window. Well, it wasn't supposed to be. He's hopping on the ladder mm-hmm. and you can hear how loud it is and they're just obliviously yeah. getting undressed. In it their... was, we really need boobies. And girls having a pillow fight because that's what the sorority yeah, that, girls do. That was sort of dumb. Like I'm like, what? You would totally hear that. <laughs> like, also, even on the second floor, I've lived on the second floor at night. I close the curtains, and you would totally see him just. <laughs> yeah, just like right there with his big old beady eyes staring at you, two feet away. Yeah, yeah. I did like how John Belushi would always like turn and like, what is that? Break the fourth wall or whatever and stare mm-hmm. at you. Mm-hmm. Like that was kind of nice. Yeah, I had funny. his little Zach Morris moment of like, dear Lord, I'm seeing boobies. <laughs> well, speaking of boobies, since I'm the only female here, let's lead into the female factor where I look at this from a feminist perspective. 
as I said, the times have changed. And this movie is not as uh, quote-unquote charming as it once was. And again, I'm going to compare it to Revenge of the Nerds. And again, it fares much better. Yes, there is blatant sexism. They are college boys in the 1960s in a movie that was filmed in the 1970s. What else would you expect? And no, it does not pass the Bechdel test. And it only features a small handful of female characters compared to the bevy of male characters. But in the end, it could be worse. This movie does have an intelligent, free-thinking, independent lady in Karen Allen's character. And that was very progressive for the time and genre. And the grosser parts of the story were less blatantly lascivious than they could have been. That's a big word. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all Google that shit. (laughs) If you can spell it. Fun fact, I couldn't spell lascivious, so I had to do the Google where you say the word Siri, how do you spell lascivious? Google's like, did you mean Vesuvius? (laughs) It knew what I meant. Anyhow. Word jokes, that ought to go well. (laughs) Is the movie kind to women? Not really. Is it completely gross and disgusting? Not really. If you're sensitive to sexism... This is not the movie I would recommend for you. If you're willing to cringe in some places, but will still be able to laugh, give it a try. That's what I have to say. I was very surprised. I would like to say, this is the first time I had also ever seen Animal House. And I, from what you guys had told me, and after we watched Revenge of the Nerds first, then Animal House... I expected to hate this movie with a fire and a passion. Yeah, it's pretty mild, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, it's not great. It's like I said, it ain't great. But it's even the John Belushi climbing the the ladder to peep in the windows versus crawling through the attic, drilling holes in the ceiling (laughs) and putting a camera in there. Would a teenage boy in the 60s, if there is a ladder present and boobs in the second story window climb that ladder to take a peek probably yeah we've all seen back to the future (laughs) right (laughs) yeah i mean and it was only his seventh year of college only (laughs) so seven years wasted (laughs) (laughs) the senator would disagree i'm sorry the president if you watch the where are they now episode he goes on to become president john belushi would have made a great president (laughs) no he wouldn't Nick's looking at me like, dear Lord, what's wrong with you? Possibly be less sexist, though. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) Or at least hit it better. So I have a funny anecdote. Okay. I'm not going to tell it, but I have a funny anecdote. Oh, good God. (laughs) No. Uh, So Donald Sutherland, at the time, he was the only legitimate movie star that was in the movie. Now, many of these people would go on to be movie stars, but none of the others were at that point He was the only name. Yes, he was the only name. So when they tried to get him to be in the movie... They offered him two options. They said, you can have a cut of the gross mm-hmm. or you can have $75,000, which was kind of his asking rate for the three days of filming that he did. For yeah, because he wasn't in a lot. No, he wasn't. And he was so convinced after reading the script that this movie was going to be a flop that he took the $75,000. Oh, big mistake, Donnie. If he had taken the cut, it would have been $4 million wow. is what he would have received. 
Uh, this would have been in 1978 dollars. Uh, now, this movie itself was wildly successful, and as a matter of fact, it is still adjusted for inflation, the 67th highest grossing movie of all time. Of wow. all time? Jeez Louise, it, I would not it, have nah. guessed that. In the 70s, it was the highest grossing movie until the release of Ghostbusters. Wow. That was the first movie to surpass Harold Ramis. Yep, yeah. also written by Harold Ramis. Uh, it was $276 million that it grossed, which at that time was a massive amount of money. So this was a wildly successful film, both financially and uh, commercially. Uh, critically, you got some a little more mixed reviews, yeah. but uh, you know the people loved this movie. This was an iconic movie. Did you see this in theaters, Rich? Um, no. I, I'm no, not... you would have been too young. Well, that I, doesn't stop anybody I, from I was alive when this movie came out. I did see it you in a like theater, four. but it was later. It wouldn't, you know, it was, the theaters were like, Animal House tonight, uh, you know, kind of oh, like, like, a like a midnight run, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, when I was in college, this was the kind of thing they would show down at the student center mm-hmm. or at the there was a dollar theater that showed all this kind of I stuff. I miss dollar theaters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I did get the theater like experience, but this would have been much later. So this movie was something that people still talked about. I remember it being a thing as I was young, yeah. but uh, I I wasn't quite around. I was I was too young when this movie came out. Hmm. <laughs> Awkward we all, we all give each other the knowing awkward look. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast and thought of a movie you would love for us to review, why don't you contact us and let us know? We have multiple ways we can hear from you. We are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, and we have our own website, conflictspod.com. That is C-O-N-F-L-I-C-K-S pod.com under the same name on Facebook and Twitter we would love to hear from you and give us your constructive criticism and your feedback dear fans all 12 of you or just tell us to shut up whatever it's fine I don't want to hear that I want to keep talking if you want to tell Rich to shut up that's fine with me but we all know he won't (laughs) (laughs) you can say it all you want until you're blue in the face Uh, he will keep the conflicts going (laughs) (laughs) I'd say you blew my cover, but we all know you've blown more. (laughs) Oh, dick. (laughs) On that lovely note, I'd say it's a wrap. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) 